0: Remember back in the day when, I don't know, some local artist put together the, this song playing off the big monkeys hit I'm a Believer? I'm a Believer got that hoot-at fever in the Superdome. Yeah. Remember that? It's hard to be a Believer right now, these New Orleans Saints, but we're going to try. We're going to try. We, you know, we are not always going to be negative on this show. The Saints gave us some optimistic things last week. Can they continue that and run that into, by God, dare we say, a second consecutive week? I know we're asking for a lot, but we're going to try our best to keep it positive. Larry Holder The Athletic is here. It's Friday, it's Datitude, and it's coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans... LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of damnitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere. We're just waiting to see what could possibly go wrong this week. Oh, he's already being negative. That's not negative. That's just being realistic. Remember what Phil just said? Tell it the way that it is or the way that I think that it is. And I know that it is. Datitude, episode number 185 for a Friday, November the 3rd, 2023. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times, speaking the advocate and Bet.Nola. .com I'm trying to be positive but when you go through and you see 25 games win loss loss win win loss 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 win I mean can this t- is this team capable it's a it's a fair question I'm not saying they aren't I just want to know if they're capable of stringing together solid performances you know I always try to look at things from not always but more times than not, I look at things from a better's point of view, and not just from average, everyday Joe better point of view. I, I look at things from a successful betting point of view, a sharp, if you will. I've done pretty well the last few years uh, winning money, betting on football. I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not shy to say it. There's a reason why I have my own show. If I suck, I, I wouldn't continue to have a show. I wouldn't continue to write an NFL picks column if I wasn't regularly, consistently winning more than I'm losing. I have proof that I win more than I lose. It's not being cocky, it is what it is. So when I think about the Saints these days, I don't think about them the same way that I used to think about them as I'm a believer, got the Houdat fever in the Superdome. No, I think of them as a better and realistic, I think being a better... Is, will make you realistic because you're going to lose a lot of money if you... You know, I don't bet a ton of money, first of all. I only bet what I can afford to lose. Then that should go for everyone. I don't do this for a living, although I probably could if I wanted to. But I don't really know that I want to. I enjoy talking about it. enjoy writing about it. I don't know that I want to be a better. But you have a, have a different mindset. And when you talk about this football team and you look at the performances they've had. From the outside looking in, if you're a media member, you say, oh, okay, the Saints are starting to put it together. They played well in the second half against Jacksonville. They scored 38 points. The offense has figured it out. But if you've been watching this team and you go by trends and remember it wasn't that long ago, it was just two weeks ago when they were going to a game with 12 consecutive unders which means the offense wasn't doing diddly-poo, and they were winning with their defense. Well, I mean, this team still has yet to put together this season anyway. Last year they did. But they have not put together a solid game offensively and defensively in the same game yet this year. However, they're 4-4. Four and four. And they should be at a minimum 5-3. and three. I could argue that they should be 6-2. and two. With this schedule, this team has no business being 4-4, but that's what they are. Say it at least once every other week. It's one of my favorite quotes in the history of sports. The late Denny Green. You are what your record says you are. You want to crown him, crown him. We'll leave the crown him part off because Saints aren't even close to being crowned. This team could be so much better. They should be Five and three or six and two. They should be cruising to the NFC South title because they have by far, and I'm not exaggerating here, the Saints have by far the top talent in the NFC South. Now, you may say that doesn't not say much, but I think it does. Talk about any division. This is professional football. This isn't the American Athletic Conference. No offense to Tulane. This is the NFL. You put any four teams in a division, you can think they stink all you want. Quite often, teams that come from a division that stink. I mean, remember when? And of course, it was against the Saints. So I remember it well. But remember when Seattle was seven and nine, and people were saying they shouldn't be in the playoffs and whatever, blah blah blah. And then they beat the Saints in the first round and moved on. This is the NFL. So any team can beat any team on any given week. I truly mean that and believe that. A couple years ago, Jacksonville was awful. Buffalo was, at the time, the best team in the NFL, and it was the middle of the season. It was about the same time of year, maybe a little before. Jacksonville beat the Buffalo Bills. And I remember it well because it didn't knock out just my own survivor pool pick, but at tons of them. A lot of people had multiple picks you know, said, there's no way Buffalo's going to lose. I'm just going to put all my eggs in Buffalo's basket and move on. And we'll move on to next week and figure out next week later. Didn't happen that way. Why? It's the NFL. Saints have not shown us that they can consistently win. They have a chance to do that now. We ask in the title of this uh, podcast here, can the Saints string together solid performances? The answer is, of course they can. Will they? I guess is what I should have asked. This team is at a crossroads right now. This is the time of the season when they're either going to step up and become the team that we thought they were going to be, or they're going to just go back in the mediocre. And they still may win the division even if they go like 8-9 and nine, and then just get plowed in the playoffs they may i'm not saying they will but they either become a real football team one of those teams that people say you know what i don't want to play the saints right now they aren't that right now there's not a single team i don't think out there that says i don't want to play i mean the bears don't want to come to new orleans and play the saints because the bears suck there probably isn't a team in the nfl where they're like all right we got to go to las vegas this week I mean, they'd probably rather go to Las Vegas than New Orleans because they'd have a legitimate chance to win in Las Vegas. But I mean, if you're the Bears, you're not. I mean, you don't think. I mean, you don't realistically, think you're going to go on some kind of run? The Saints should. This is the time of year when they have to prove that. They went to Indianapolis last week, won. They're playing one of the worst teams in the NFL this week. I think they don't even not just need to win; they need to win convincingly for themselves, for their own psyche. We talked about it with Larry It's coming up. We talked about it on Bayou Bets yesterday. First time in the Dennis Allen era, the Saints are favored by more than one score. And it's barely more than one score. It's eight and a half points. By the time they play the football game, it may not be more than one score. I think it will. I don't think it's going to go down. This is the largest the Saints have been favored, largest number of points the Saints have been favored since 2020, When the Saints went and played Denver, and Denver didn't have a quarterback, like realistically. I mean, they had someone back there playing a quarterback, but it was a wide receiver. They didn't have a quarterback. All their quarterbacks were hurt. So that's a long time. You're talking almost three full years since the Saints have been favored by eight. Remember when it was a regular occurrence? Remember when it happened like five, six, seven times a year the Saints would be favored by seven, eight, nine points? Always at home. I mean, I don't remember what the streak was, but the Saints went years being favored at home. The only time they were ever underdogs at home were against, like, a Kansas City or uh, Frisco, maybe in their heyday, or... You know, you went years. It just didn't happen. That's not the case anymore. Saints are favored by 8.5 over the Chicago Bears... Um, I give my prediction coming up. I've already given it in my NFL picks column. If you've seen that, if you haven't, you might as well just stick around and listen to what we think. I mean, Larry and I have a really good discussion. We went longer than usual today. We usually go 35 to 40 minutes. But there was a lot to say. He went. I mean, Larry wasn't here last week. As you know, Doug Mouton came in and filled in nicely. But uh, Larry had a lot to say. All great points. Now, we don't always agree on, like, little things. Like, when we go through each little piece of the team. But I think we agree on where this team is right now. We even disagree and pick against, this pick against the spread. I make a pick a certain way. He makes his pick a certain way. I'm not going to give it away. But it's different. But I think we both think the Saints are where... You know they're in the. I think we're th- we think they're in the same place. They can change my mind very easily. This is a crucial stretch. Chicago winning last week. Chicago they have to win this game, and I think again win convincingly. And then you go to Minnesota next week. Who's going to start Josh Dobbs for the first time? And then you get a bye. So you could set yourself up nicely for the second half of the season. You can have all this confidence. By just having this one string together a solid set of performances for the first time in the Dennis Allen era. You can have your team feeling great about itself. You can have the fan base feeling great about where you are. Because I guarantee you the fan base is, eh, I don't know about this. And the team's like, I don't know. I mean, they've been here before. You can't be fired up even if you're on this team, unless you do it again, all right, we're starting to feel better. Teams feed off of confidence. Just look right now at some other teams around the NFL. It's proof. And I'm not talking about in the past or whatever, I'm talking about right now. The Buffalo Bills are in a similar situation this week. They've been playing okay, mediocre, but they're all the way down right now to 17 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I didn't think they'd be 17 to 1 at any point, anywhere. But they've got to go out and prove it before people want to go lay money on them. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. If they win this week, people will be jumping all over their bandwagon. The Saints aren't in that same boat because they need to string together several performances and not... beating the Colts and... The Bears aren't going to give you that momentum, even maybe if they beat the Vikings next week. That doesn't necessarily mean people are going to believe. But it will give your team confidence. And then when you come back from the bye and you go to Atlanta, you can really establish your dominance in this division. And that's where it starts. If you can establish dominance in the NFC South, then not only will the team believe you, but the Hoodats will be jumping back on board. People will st- the only people that will be bashing Derek Carr in four weeks from now, if the Saints can put together some solid performances, are the just the true haters. Oh, then there are plenty of those people out there right now. They've kind of hibernated in a hole for a week. They'll be right back out. Oh, they they can't wait. I mean, these are the people I'm talking about who I really think want Derek Carr to suck. They want Derek Carr to be bad. So they can say, ha ah, ha, I told you so. They would rather say, I told you so than have the Saints go into the playoffs and win a game or two and get themselves in position to have momentum for the future. I truly, I've said this before, I truly believe this. For this franchise, this is one of the most important seasons in franchise history. It's not going overboard to say that. Why do I say that? Because the Saints are going into a uh, season next year where they're going to be in cap hell. They're not going to be able to make a ton of changes. If they stink this year, or if they're even on the borderline between mediocre and stink, they're going to suck next year. I'm telling you right now. If they can't make a run this year and do something different and finish... Something different. Finish it with at least ten wins. Win this division. Go into the playoffs and at least play well in the playoffs. They're going to suck going forward for the foreseeable future. There, you remember what I just told you. There are people that hope Derek Carr suck so they can tell you I told you so. They would rather Carr sucks. There are also a lot of people out there who want the Saints to suck because a they think it'll get Dennis Allen fired, and b. They want a better draft pick, both of which you're a moron if you want that right now. Now, if the Saints do actually suck, you don't feel that way now, but at the end of the season you may feel that way, then okay, that's another thing. But to say that in November you're a moron, you don't ever root for your team to lose. You don't want them to be bad. Because if this team can strain together some solid performances, the team starts believing in themselves, Dennis Allen starts, hey, he's got a different air about him as well. I am not sold that Dennis Allen can't be an NFL head coach. I have said this before, and I still think it. The jury is definitely not favoring him right now. But Dennis Allen can be a successful coach in this league. He's going to have to make changes, whether they go on a run or not. I mean, realistically, and I think he will. With that being said, Dennis Allen can be a successful coach in this league. But this is, I mean, I'm telling you, one of the most important stretches, not only in team history, but in this guy's life, in this guy's coaching life. That's how important this part of the season is. Because we're going to find out if Dennis Allen can be a coach and whether this team can be successful. They're not going to be able to do, you know, last year, they played great at the end of the season except for that last game after they lost to Tampa Bay and it gave them a little momentum and it gave reason for the Saints, not fans, but it gave reason for the Saints to think that Dennis Allen can be a real head coach. And it maybe saved his job. I don't know. He's probably going to keep his job anyway. But the team rallied behind him. The players believed in him. Derek Carr wanted to come here. Whatever you think about Derek Carr, he didn't have to come. He could have gone to the Jets. He had a... I mean, before Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, they wanted Derek Carr. He didn't have to come here. But he chose to come here. This team is at a crossroads right now. Again, if they stink, if they somehow lose this game, and they cannot find a way the rest of the season to string together multiple solid performances. I don't mean... And when I say multiple, I mean, technically that means two, but I mean way more than two. They got to go on a run. A good team can afford to have a bad game. This team can't right now. Got to win convincingly Sunday. Got to go to Minnesota and win. Got to be six and four to break. You got to set yourself up to go in Atlanta and be able to win and say, you know what? We are the best team in this division, not you and prove it and beat their asses those things can happen i'm not ready to predict it but those things can happen it can change mindsets it can change the future of a franchise right now this this franchise is wallowing in mediocrity and it's going to get way worse than mediocre if they can't put something together and put something together like right now they're in the middle of it it's right now we're going to see if they can do it or not. All right, let's get to uh, Larry. You know, it's, uh, we kind of talk about these things. We get a little bit more specific about personnel and things that we've seen and what Larry's seen. You know, Larry, his job now is to break down. He's, he doesn't cover the Saints anymore. He covers the NFL as a whole for the athletic. And, um, you know, his perspective is interesting for sure. But I respect his opinion immensely because he goes through these games with a fine-tooth comb, and his judgment of how teams are compared to other teams—it's um, as good as anyone, and I mean anyone around is any is any media person you'll find. And Larry has uh, some good things to say, so let's hear it. And Larry, what is going on? You're back from Shreveport. You made it. You. you like I'm just I'm I'm so, I'm shocked you made it all the way back from Shreveport.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I, I feel like enough people know that I, I play a lot of tennis, and um, you know it's a long drive to uh, to finish with the bronze. So, oh man, that, yeah, that's, not, that, that's that's not especially when there's only three teams and you finish with the bronze. That's even worse. Like you make the podium just because they got to fill a spot at the podium.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, there's only one winner, my friend. There's only one winner. And you come home with bronze, that's not acceptable, man. Well,
1: Next those winners get... have to go spend money and play more tennis, and you don't win anything. You just keep paying. You don't, you don't you just actually... keep
0: paying. Well, then yeah, they yeah, want don't don't win. To come
1: back. We're not high enough to where we get like prize money. No, 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 That's <laughs> that's not us. All right.
0: Well, we're gonna talk Bears a uh, Saints uh this morning. We're also gonna uh talk about the three biggest games in the NFL. Um Larry covers the NFL for the athletic, no longer just saints beat writer. He is a, he covers the NFL and we're going to talk about three huge games. I think it may be the biggest weekend of football in the NFL. Uh, And at the end, I'm going to force Larry to make a prediction on something. He doesn't cover anymore. And that's LSU, Alabama. We're going to touch on at the end. So there's your little, your heads up warning. We'll be on for about a half an hour this morning, maybe a tinge longer. If you want to leave your comments or questions, feel free to leave them in the comment section. And if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, just type them in. They will show up, and we will show them on the screen here. I challenge you. I mean, a few weeks ago, we had Abu Dhabi, um, Araby, and somewhere else. I mean, we had like Australia. Australia, yeah. Abu Dhabi, Australia, and Araby. So I challenge people from all across the land to comment in the comment section. We'll, We'll talk about it this morning. Okay, Larry, what do you see in this game? Obviously, Saints, a game they should win. And, uh, you know, this time of year, I like to talk about rankings. And if you add the numbers up, offense, defensive ranking, like for the Saints, in this case, it would be 17. For the Bears, it would be, oh, you're going to make me use my shot math, 42, which is the Saints are significantly better, maybe doubly better than the Bears. Um, hence, you have an eight and a half point spread. I, I just don't trust it. Why? Because of the Saints. <laughs> They're rolling across the run that we've watched.
1: Yeah, I I get why you wouldn't trust it just because this team has not proven they're good enough to assume a win. Like, they're getting there. Uh, I feel like this is a team, in terms of the Bears, undrafted rookie quarterback making his third start. Uh, This environment is going to be a much tougher road environment than the ones he's had to deal with. Uh, so far, and I do feel like Saints fan will probably go into this game pretty excited, and they will be kind of energized because I think they're starting to see maybe something is going with this team. And so I think the uh, the elements of crowd noise and and just kind of the buzz in there uh, is going to be a little bit more difficult for, for Tyson Badgent, uh to to deal with than maybe what he's had to deal with in the past. So, uh, but still if this offense reverts back to what we saw in week seven for three and a half quarters or before the Patriots game, uh, then you keep the bears in it and then fluky things could happen. And so, uh, you know, I feel like that for us to actually like say the next game, like when they play Minnesota, say, if they, if they beat up on the bears, you, you and me probably come in the following, you know, next Friday and thinking, okay, well, this is a game that we, we think the Saints could win and feel pretty good about because they're taking care of business. Like they need to consistently take care of business against teams. They should be able to do that.
0: Here, here's the problem. And I hate to sound like the, some of the fans that have commented in the past and the ones on social media, but how do you trust a coaching staff that has not won, has not even been able to put together a, a three game winning streak? I mean, you know, they haven't consistently shown, they haven't shown consistently 25 games in now. They haven't shown that they can put more than two good games together. So, I mean, I don't even know if this counts. They played the second half of Jacksonville well. They played all of last week well, so what are they going to play? A half well and then going into the tank in the second half? I don't know what to expect as far as consistency.
1: Yeah, and that's the, been the the major problem like you just alluded to for the past season and a half. I mean, that's uh, at least I feel like, look, a point of contention that you and me have talked about a lot is that I feel like the offensive line has calmed down. Yeah, much and better. And that has allowed Derek Carr to look better, say, in the 100%. last five quarters. It's allowed a run game to exist. And, you look, you and me got into a heated, just like fun heated, argument yeah, uh, yeah, arguing yeah. about Taysom Hill. And, obviously, they rode that train a ton against Indy. I'm not against if it, if it works, don't run away from it. Like, if, if you can consistently do it, do it. But I, don't force it if it's not there. And so if the Saints can keep that going with Taysom, you're probably going to see more of it. And, uh, you know, it's something that you put in Kamara, you put in Jamal Williams. That run game, you could look at the rankings on, on the bottom of the screen uh, under your face. It's gotten better. Like, you know, that, that number has actually grown uh, recently. So you need that to kind of balance it out and uh, not have it all on the defense's shoulders. Uh, but, you know, the Saints are scoring points, and it allows the defense to at least, if they if they slip a little, the offense could maybe pick them up. When uh, the offense wasn't performing well enough, the defense couldn't do it every single time.
0: What's interesting about this week is the number below your face is the total defense 23rd. But the bears are number three against the run, which is really interesting considering that teams probably want to run a little bit more against the bears because they're usually ahead. So usually when you see teams, you kind of ignore a, a pass defense. That's great for teams that are terrible because they don't, teams don't have to pass a lot and vice versa. When a team is really good, you might ignore a little bit the other way because teams are having to pass. But in the case of here, the Bears have been pretty good up front. Uh, I'm very interested to see. Look, do you use Taysom as much? I've said this before. I know you and I, you joked about us having quote unquote heated talks about this. But I just, when you outsmart yourself, that's when you end up hosing yourself. Don't try to get cute. Taysom Hill, it's a fact. You go and look, the more Taysom Hill is involved in this Saints offense, the better they are, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who's playing offensive line, it doesn't make a difference. And Taysom Hill last week, I thought was involved as much as any game this season.
1: Well, you have to be in position to use him. Like, don't use him on That's second true. and ten. Like, I don't like that. Yep, like, if I you're agree. in, if you are in optimal positions to run the football, and because let's see, he lucked out by Rashid Shaheed. Winning a challenge basically right you <laughs> know they didn't challenge it i mean I would have look to me I would have just stuck with the call in the field uh but i think feel like they got very fortunate there to, uh, it doesn't matter make it predictable and make them stop it and but but <laughs> use him in situations that even though, make them stop you like don't like you said don't get too cute be if you're going to be a power run team with him just do it in situations that it calls for like red zone like goal line, like I'm good with that, but don't do it. Like you're saying on second and nine, just to do like, no, just I to I, do I, it. Right. And if
0: right. you think about, if you go back to the Sean Payton era and you know this as well as anyone, you know, sh- when was Sean Payton? When were they, the saints at their best under Sean Payton, when they just did it, they they told you what we're doing. Drew Brees is going to throw the ball. He may throw a screen. pass. They were the, the saints were the best screen passing team for a decade. And they didn't care if you knew that they were going to do it. It worked. When were they unsuccessful? When Sean Payton had these gadget plays that he was going to force in the games no matter what. And you knew what they were. You knew you were going to get at least two or three of these plays. Oh, wait, I haven't used play number three. It's got to get in there. And then, it, it, you know, the double reverse to Devery, and he's tackled for an eight-yard loss. I mean, so who cares if you're predictable? Like you say, if it works... Just do it. And I'm not just talking about Taysom. Do the things that you find work early in a game. The Saints were successful at that last week. I thought they dumbed down, quote-unquote, dumbed down the playbook. They cut half the playbook out, and it worked. So do it again. I'm not saying use exactly the same plays that you used last year, I mean last week, but find what works early and go back to it.
1: Well, you you mentioned when they were at their best under Sean Payton offensively, what did they do? It's actually being – uh, a team that runs the football, I mean, with that, you the, the seven and nine era stopped, yeah, since for sure. 17 once they were able to run the football, and I feel like they're at a point where Kamara's starting to get his feet back under him. You it, he, like you, you could, if you, you feel like the last couple of years they've been having to overload Kamara in the run game too much, like even though they're throwing the ball to him a ton. It's yep. different than having to, hey, man, run through the tackles. Like, that. you don't want him to do that 250 times a year. Uh, you have someone that is working with Taysom Hill. You have someone that is used to that and has been successful, even though we've not seen a ton of success from Jamal Williams, but he's there and capable of doing it. And the offensive line is ma- making it a little bit more possible for them to do that. And, you know, that wasn't there. Obviously, Kamara wasn't there for the first three games. Sure. And then it took a minute for that to get ruling. and then you were without Jamal Williams. And so the fact that that didn't exist really put a hamper on you and put probably too much on Derek Carr's shoulders. That And he's not the guy who – he's not Drew Brees. He can't carry you somewhere regularly. So the fact that you're seeing a mixture of things that work there, that's why you're seeing more consistently – in the last, let's say, two games in one quarter, I'm only giving them credit for one quarter, probably a half of a quarter. Oh, it's more than that.
0: No, they were good the whole fourth quarter against Jacksonville. Is that All what right, you're One about?
1: quarter, fine. One quarter.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, I think it's interesting. Also, the Saints are two and three with Kamara in there. Uh, if, you know, it's it's easily you you think about it, he missed the first three games because of suspension. So they are two and three, one and three going into last week. And I think it's kind of I don't want to say the opposite, but I think sometimes you can lean on Kamara a little bit too much and use him as a crutch almost. And we, we saw when the saints tried to give force him the ball 31 times uh, a couple of weeks ago, it just doesn't work. You can't, you can't force feed Kamara. They have to, unlike Taysom Hill, where it doesn't matter if they know it's coming, they can't stop it. They can stop Kamara if they know it's coming. I think you need to like make it so where they're just not sure if Kamara is going to get the ball or not. That's when he's at his most effective. And, uh, they haven't been able to good. They haven't been very good at that. That's where Pete Carmichael, I think, needs to improve. But I agree with you about the offensive line. They've been much better, and it opens things up for a lot of people, not just Kamara, not just for Taysom Hill. Obviously, Derek Carr, if he can get another second to throw the ball, it makes him that much more effective.
1: And you're talking with Rashid Shaheed, obviously. obviously. If you can hit, you can hit on a home run play every game, even just one. One. I mean, that opens things up. Yeah. Uh and then you need some consistency from Chris Alave. He certainly had his fair share of uh boggles on and off the field the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a
0: whole different story.
1: And Michael Thomas, I know he was under the weather, but you know, when you get him some trust in him and you know, you know, that's you add it all up and then Juwan Johnson's back. Like you actually have you're getting to the point, finally, where you at least have the pieces that you hoped for from the start. You knew you weren't going to have them from the start. Now you're, you're a couple of weeks in, and you're getting them, and now you're starting to see some things click a little, and uh, you're, you're going to have some favorable schedules the next couple of weeks leading into a bye week. And so, yeah, you're, like, that's the thing. I feel like I, I wasn't super sold after New England, with the offense I I feel like I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with them uh, but now here's the thing if they if they totally stink against the bears then you're back at square one being like I don't know what these clowns are doing
0: well you know to to my point of I think how Hudats are feeling and you know they're either like super sky high or we, You know this. I mean, you and I are both lifelong New Orleanians, born and raised here and, and whatever. I mean, we, we, know, we know how the fan thinks. And here's a, a case of it. I mean, it's a perfect example. They'll blow it. I mean, that's kind of what, what you're thinking. I mean, in and, and, and my prediction for this week, and we'll get into it in a little bit, it's hard to believe in this team, again, because you, what you say, five quarters, six quarters, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they played a full game. They played a full game against New England, but that score was completely misleading because everything changed after the pick six in the New England game. But if you look at these rankings and you were hibernating and you don't know what the Saints record is and you just woke up and you looked at these rankings, you're like, hmm, okay. Well, Derek Carr's doing really good. The running game is eh, just okay. Total defense, they have just, you know, they're doing okay. They ought to be what, five and three, six and two? No, they're four and four because they can't put anything together. Kind of what I talked about consistency-wise. This team is underachieving like one I haven't seen in quite a while.
1: They have some other teams in the NFL who underachieve worse. I could tell you that. So, uh, but yeah, this is a team, but I, well, you're saying they're underachieving. Uh, what did you think their final record would be this year?
0: I went in and I was, I went back and forth on this. And I finally came up with 11 and 6th and posed it with the caveat of, it wouldn't surprise me one iota if they went seven and ten or eight and nine, and especially because of the media's all of a sudden they were loving them again right before the season started, and everyone was predicting them to go over the, the projected total of nine and eight. Now, of course, Garland Gillen and Juan Kincaid point out that they we said nine and eight, so we, we technically weren't over, but everyone was going gaga again. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, "There's no way they're going eleven and six. But I'd already predicted it. So, but again, with the caveat of With this coaching staff, and I'm not trying to bash Dennis Allen because I think his underlings are way worse than him. Okay, I think there's no consistency among the entire staff, and I go from top to bottom everywhere. Seven and ten wouldn't surprise. Seven and ten wouldn't surprise
1: me right now. Seven and ten would surprise me now. I would say that. I mean, that's I, three. I, I, I three always thought
0: the rest of the way
1: I always. Well, I think that's feasible. I, yeah. I feel like they're an improving team. I, I do. I, I just feel like. You're starting to see the offense is giving me a little bit more of. All right. This this team can actually put points on the board. And let me tell you what was irking me after the game. Dennis Allen's like lauding yardage. I'm like, no. No. I don't want to hear about yardage, period. That, that could be like the most empty stat in the history of football. The yardage doesn't put up one point unless you get it in the end zone or kick it through the uprights. Like, if you don't score, uh doesn't matter. You could have 5,000 yards in a game. If you fall falling short sure. of the goal line, it doesn't matter. But still, yeah, I, I feel like for me, even going into the season, I said the ceiling was 10 wins. And... You know, know, the ceiling
0: is 10 wins, right? Yeah, I
1: think the ceiling is 10 wins. And so this to me, even though they're four and four, I mean, I I thought they would be up and down a little bit until they kind of figured some things out. And so, but you look at this schedule Larry. I mean, this team
0: has no business being four and
1: four. They really don't. I mean,
0: you, you look at the teams they played and the teams. Okay. You want to lose to Jacksonville. You think Jacksonville's better than them. Fine. But I mean, some of these teams they lost, they have no business losing to Tampa Bay. They're not, Tampa Bay is not good. I mean, I know they're three and four, or whatever, but they're, they're, they're falling. Not, Tampa's they're, falling. They're they are not any good. Yeah. I mean, they have, they had no business losing to Green Bay. They play Green Bay 10 times. They're going to win eight of them. I mean, and, and that's not even talking about the fact they had a 17 and nothing lead. I mean, we keep forgetting about that. This, this team just is kind of floundering around. And I'm trying not to blame the coaching staff and in particular Dennis Allen because I, what, he pisses me off in his post-game press conference with half the time everything's rosy, sunshine when it's not. But, I, I mean, I'm trying not to blame Dennis Allen, but some of the calls they make on, on offense until last week just are mind-boggling.
1: Well, maybe they're starting to get it together. Like, maybe. Look, I, I'm sounding like... Glass half full.
0: Blank. I know, man. That's not who you are. I, we got a question out there, and it's an interesting one because I was trying to transition into the offensive line because we got, we got to talk about the defense before we talk about the NFL week nine, and we're, we're getting to the 20-minute mark. So here's the question. Does Pete, when, when James Hurst comes back, does Pete remain at left tackle and put Hurst at left guard, or do they put he, Pete at left guard and Hurst at left tackle? I think you kind of have to put Hurst at left tackle, right? I mean, Pete's natural position is guard.
1: That's what I would do uh, because uh, okay, uh, last week. So what? The Colts defense—they're like Swiss cheese. It doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, Josh Allen was toasting Pete. Like we—you can't have that. <laughs> exactly. Like like I would like like the Bears just got Montez Sweat. Right. Uh, I don't feel I don't feel super comfortable. I don't care. Like he's going in and he's being a pass rusher. He doesn't have to know, do no game plan. He's going to play. Uh, and then they have uh, Yannick Ngakwe. He's still a viable pass rusher. Like Pete, I don't I don't care if you're a if you were a mediocre pass rusher, I would be worried with Pete at left tackle. No, you you move him inside. Like I'd be shocked if they did.
0: I will say this though, and I know people like to rag on Andres Pete, but I think he's played as good as he could possibly play, considering he's playing out of position and he's playing left tackle, which to me is the second most important position on the field coming off of an injury and just kind of being stuck there because the saints didn't have any choice. And I think that he's done as well as he possibly could have done over the past two weeks.
1: I would agree. I mean, he's easily and rightfully been a punching bag for years, but no, because he he could nail it in. He's made tons of money and he's played for long enough. He's like, I don't need to be dealing with this stuff, but no, I will say kudos to him for, being adaptable and being able to do that this late in his career because you know you're setting your ways yeah yeah. i know he's been flexible when he was earlier in his career but no this like uh, kudos like obviously you don't want him there full time and your plan that you had i mean this is left tackle number three this is not the plan you want to have so they but they i would agree though that he's got to move back to guard. Like you got, and if you're not playing Benning, you got to have Hurst play that left.
0: I would think that everyone involved wants him to move back to guard, including Anders Pete. I mean, so I think the coaching staff wants him to go back to guard. I think he wants to go back to guard. I think the Saints are better served that he goes back to guard. James Hurst is a kind of a Jack of all trades on the offensive line. He's better suited to play left tackle anyway. Um, But uh, you know, also, you know, we saw, I think for the first time in maybe a year and a half, uh, I don't know how how in depth you got with it. I know you usually go pretty in depth looking at the at the film. I thought uh, Ryan Ramchek played his best game in since maybe Drew Brees was here.
1: Yeah, he's gotten better. Like he had one rough game earlier this year, but I do feel like he's kind of he he kind of like flattened out the last couple of years. But so did the whole team. So I yeah. do feel like though that he is he's playing better. I'm not saying he's like all pro Ryan Ramcheck that we had seen at right tackle I mean, because there are a lot of good right tackles uh, these days in the NFL and people value that a lot more, it, you know, it was always left tackle, left tackle. People are valuing right tackle 100%. a lot more than they yeah. used to because pass rushes move around. And if, you know, I mean, look, if Micah Parsons goes to the other side and you, you got some bum playing right tackle your quarterbacks toast. So uh, you got to be able to protect everywhere. So, but no, luckily,
0: luckily like- the, luckily the saints don't play the Cowboys this year. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. All right. We, uh, again, I want to move on just a second. Lastly on the offense. Uh, I want to get your impressions of Derek Carr. Now we talk about the offensive line. They go hand in hand, but uh, the fact that he, you know, after they had the kumbaya moment and like, we don't yell at people. It's not nice to yell at our colleagues. I mean get the hell out of. It. They they've never obviously worked on a on a on a desk, on a copy desk uh on deadline. <laughs> uh yeah. I mean Same
1: people yelling Copy desk on deadline uh, uh sitting in a pocket waiting for uh masses of humanity to crush your That's exactly. Screen.
0: That's way worse. So I have zero problem with with a quarterback yelling at his receiver to run the damn route the way it's supposed to be run. But that's a whole different story. But anyway, after everybody's Played nice and got their feelings out, and that's where we are in 2023. It's all about our feelings, even in football, I guess. Uh, this, I thought Derek Carr was, was on point with his receivers last week. I don't think Chris Olave particularly played that great, but I thought the other receivers uh, did a really nice job. Michael Thomas was coming off of, of, an, inj- uh, of an illness, and I still thought he uh, gave it his all. I liked what I saw from, from Derek Carr and his receiving core last week.
1: I agree, and yet I'm going to throw a disclaimer. If you can't score a lot of points against the Colts, you're not very good. I mean, the last – the previous – the three games, Saints and then the two other weeks, they've given up 38 points a game. That's legit, literally, yeah. like 39, 37, 38. The average is 38. So you better be able to play well against them. And, and look, the Bears, you better be able to throw against them. I, I, like I said, I know they yep. brought in Montez Sweat, uh, and that's uh, – that is a curious trade, nonetheless. That's a different topic, but that is a very curious. Very. If you don't re-sign him, you you look like absolute moron buffoons. Montez Sweat should ask for the largest contract in the history of the sport because if, they, if he walks, then they're total idiots. Yeah. But uh, but still, uh, you should be able to throw the football against the Bears, and mm. let's see if they can do that. So you know, you know that. New England, they they were tough, rough defensively. You got to score against them, and even though they've kind of stabilized a little bit, but still, same thing with Indy, same thing with the Bears. Like you should be able to do this. Like these are the teams you should be able to do it against. So if they don't do it this week, it's a problem. Like it should be status quo that they do it this week, but if they don't, then it's just kind of like you said, just meandering. Well, we'll see.
0: We'll see because I think that, you know, people keep bashing on Derek R. Even after they had a good week, they kind of quieted down a little bit, but they just can't wait to come out of their rabbit holes and talk bad about Derek R. Oh, my numbers are plummeting again. They don't want to hear me talking about good about Derek R. They just don't want to hear it. But if he has another good, the dude's thrown for uh, almost a thousand yards in three weeks. I, I really don't know what else people want. Drew Brees is gone. He's never coming back. People need to get over themselves, but it is what it is. Don't tell well, me
1: yards. Tell me okay. points.
0: Okay, well, I mean, scored 38 points last week. But they're, they're supposed to. The
1: Colts suck. Oh, right. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> so, in other words, he can do no right. I mean, if he does what he's supposed to do.
1: Well, I don't have a I'm not ripping him. I'm just saying. He, uh,
0: yeah. No, I know. But you can re- represent the common fan for, for two minutes if you want. <laughs>
1: All right. It's been a minute since I've done that.
0: Yeah. All right. The defense uh, worries me uh, as we move on. And I do want to talk about the defense because we've kind of given them a pass. Um, and even though they're ranked fifth, they certainly haven't played like a fifth ranked defense. When I was doing this, this chart here at the bottom, uh, this number has significantly changed as far as, um, unit rankings and the run defense has not been good. Um, and I was kind of surprised last week. You want to talk about coaching? I mean, people can talk bad about Dennis Allen all they want. I thought Shane Steichen uh, went away from the run really early in that game. And I thought was a very poor choice. I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor use him. And I thought that the Colts coaching, I thought the saints coaching staff way out coached the Colts coaching staff last week.
1: The run is, a, is a problem uh, again. And we thought that that was calmed down. Uh, but um, hey, I'll actually, you brought up Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they should stick with Zach Moss.
0: Moss. Yeah.
1: They should really stick with him. And, uh, look, Taylor got a contract. Now you got to use them. Moss is going to be a free agent, uh, of any of the running backs. Like they've got some, some big name free agent running Agreed. backs that are good because you got all the guys who are franchise tag plus Derek Henry, uh, of, of the two free agents uh, that are going to be running backs that probably should receive more attention than you think one of them, is Zach Moss, the other ones, Deandre Swift, uh, with, with the Eagles, and both are playing well. Like that's the thing. They they and even it's it's hilarious that Jim Irsay publicly said we paid Jonathan Taylor too early. He's right. You paid him too early because Zach Moss is doing just as much well or better than Jonathan Taylor. So the fact that they went away from that, I think you're right. That was a bad coaching thing, and the Saints were fortunate there. But yeah, the Saints they could not let big runs like that happen. Uh, you know, especially against teams you should beat, like the Bears. I, uh, I'm trying to even think, you know, they're well, running backs. They, well, like, right now, Deontay, had, Foreman is their, Justin Fields.
0: Deontay Foreman is their best running back, but Matt Eberflus isn't using him. I don't understand it. I mean, he's clearly their best running back, but yet they keep going to Roshon Johnson, who's getting like three yards a carry and they keep using this guy. I don't understand it at all. They forced him in when Deontay Foreman was in there last week against the Chargers. He was effective, but yet they kept forcing Roshon Johnson in the game just goes to show you want to talk about inept coaches, there are so many bad coaches in the NFL right now. And Matt Eberflus is clearly one of them. And I get that he's a defensive minded coach, but the bears offensive coaching staff is way worse than the saints. And that's saying something,
1: uh, Jim, maybe it's coincidence that, uh, this week, the running backs coach, uh, has stepped down, fired, whatever well, he's
0: had, I'll he's go. had off the field. It just happened,
1: Right. But also the defensive coordinator, same thing. So, Obviously, the head coach has had some judgment issues with some of the people he's hired, which probably leans into he probably has some uh, some judgment issues with the way he's coaching. And just remember a couple weeks ago, Justin Fields threw them under the bus and then yeah. had to come back and do like another presser in the locker room and say, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Yeah, right. Uh, there, this Things are not great. Well, Chicago. I said Deontay
0: Foreman's clearly is their best running back. Really. Justin Fields might clearly be their best running. Oh, back. for sure. So, but I didn't, I didn't bring that up and he's not playing this week anyway. So it, it is what it is. Um, But this defense has got to find a way. Cause I really think if they, you have any common sense whatsoever, they're going to find a way to use Foreman and Foreman's already shown he can run against this, the saints defense. Uh, You know, he's a former Carolina Panther. He's a former Atlanta Falcon, I believe. Uh, so this guy can run the football. He's a former Tennessee Titan. Uh, he ran against the saints guy can run the football. They have to use him whether they figure out that they should use him or not. I don't know, but they're ranked six in the NFL in offense. And it's not just Justin Fields. Uh,
1: this is a team. You have to dare them to throw like make absolutely. Them throw. I mean, you have Tyler. Absolutely. Come on. And, uh you have one receiver who probably threatens you and you, you've known him for a bunch of years and that's DJ Moore uh and uh, he's going to be the guy they try to get the ball to uh you have Cole Komet at tight end maybe but look dare them two lanes up Mooney yeah he's kind of slipped a little bit yeah. but uh, before DJ Moore he was their top guy last year so uh but still like it's uh, but it all comes down to if, if you can make Tyler Badgin uncomfortable, then you're, you're good. So you, you your secondary should be one of your strengths of your team. Agreed. Lean on that. So I like they could be one-on-one coverage and make them uh, stop the run and make them throw.
0: We're going to finish the show with our Saints prediction. So if you want to hear what we think, I think I you, know, you can usually judge. I think you know where I lean. And if you read my NFL picks column, you know where I, I stand on the Saints-Bears game. But we're going to finish the show with that. Maybe not so clear on Larry in this one. I don't know. I think he thinks the Saints are going to win, but we'll figure it out after. I want to talk about the NFL very quickly. Again, I I really think this is one of the biggest weekends uh, in recent memory, really, when you talk about marquee matchups. And you could literally sit in front of your TV for, what, 14 hours? Starts with Dolphins Chiefs at 8.30 in the morning in Frankfurt, Saints-Bears at noon, Eagles-Cowboys at 325, and then we finish it off at night with Bills and Bengals. Uh, you know, your thoughts on you're going to have a busy weekend. You're going to have a busy Sunday <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs> no doubt. Uh, and it's it, it certainly uh, uh, Europe is going to be fortunate to see uh, two of the best teams go at it. And, you know, I, I feel like, though, the the of those three matchups that you you brought up, I'm going to be most intrigued by Buffalo at Cincinnati. That's me as well. Because I think Cincinnati, this is where it starts. And they are, the, the trajectory is going up. I feel mm-hmm. like it kind of started like this around this time last year. And they got, they got it together maybe the last couple of years. And then they got it together and it starts clicking. And I feel like we're back to that point for the Bengals and Burroughs healthy uh, Joe Mixon's getting going uh, that defense is playing uh, uh, better than what it has even though they, they didn't play terrible the, a lot of the year I mean the offense was the problem uh, primarily but yeah I feel like this is a time where I'm picking Cincinnati every week I think that they are they're starting I'm really kind of Uh, get the momentum at the right time. And they're going to ride this thing into the playoffs.
0: And here's why I like Buffalo because (laughs) no, I'm not kidding. I mean, I think that most people feel the way that you feel. They were just waiting for the light to click on with the Bengals. And now, Oh, okay. There it is. Bengals beat the hell out of the 49. And from a betting perspective, I mean, if you a lot of people are thinking that, and a lot of betters are actually thinking that a lot of people who make money off of this, off of betting football, this is what they think. However, people just dismiss the Buffalo bills. And I know that they haven't played very well. Maybe they are the ones that are waiting to just click that light on. Maybe they're the ones that are going to go to Cincinnati and say, and after this week is over, people can say, Oh, Buffalo's back. Are they really back? The thing is, I think Josh Allen plays his best when he's in a game like this. He's easily uh, less motivated against teams. Like we saw them lose to Jacksonville a couple years ago when Jacksonville was terrible. Uh, We see them lose games out of the blue when they shouldn't have no business losing. We saw them play terrible against the Giants. We saw them play underwhelming against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week on a Thursday night. Um, I just think that coming into this game with a little extra rest and motivation to say, you know what, if we are going to get a home playoff game in Buffalo in January and we want people to come to our place, then they got to win this game. And I think also that people aren't talking enough about the Demar Hamlin effect and the fact that he's going to be on the sideline, whether in uniform or not, um, he's going to be on the sideline. And I think people are going to remember, Hey, this is where it happened. I think Buffalo is going to come out strong. I think they're going to win this game outright.
1: I just don't trust Buffalo defensively. I think ever ever since, uh, London, when they lost, uh, Matt Milano. They also lost DaQuan Jones. They also lost Tre'Davious White. They had to make a trade for Rasul Douglas, yeah. which that's a good trade. Like that is a very good they trade. They were able to pry him away. That he's been very good and he's going to help. But and Don Miller
0: looks like he's forty years old, so I get that.
1: Right. So he's not. And they have, also have uh, Leonard Floyd. Like he, they have some aging pass rushers who, like, if you if you had all of your pieces, you'd be in good shape. But they don't have. They're missing people on each level of the defense and it's gotten tougher for them. So, look, I, I, I just think that I haven't seen Buffalo turn it on and go any further than what they've gotten. So I don't know if they, they have that. Like, I feel like the Bengals have that. Like, we've seen them get to an AFC. They time. had
0: it for one game, game, though. Super they had it for one game last week. Before last week, they were nothing special. I mean, yeah, but they I've were, seen
1: it in previous years. Like I've, I've, I've seen
0: it from Buffalo in previous. Well, years. I've seen no. it
1: from Buffalo and I've seen them fall flat on their face. Like in, mm. in when Cincinnati, when they got to the super bowl, I mean, they barely lost. They got, they got to the AFC championship game against Kansas city. They barely lost. Like the Buffalo can't even get to that point. Like they gag against teams. well, they,
0: they gag show. in the postseason. I don't necessarily think they gag so much in the regular season, not against marquee teams. Uh, and I, I clearly, I've, Put Cincinnati up there with the marquee team. Besides the fact that, you know, people, <clears throat> I know Joe Burrow had a great week, but he still ranks behind Derek Carr in quarterback rating. And in the second half of the rating. So we can say, oh, make excuses for him all we want. But the fact is that he is 18th in quarterback rating right now. The 18th. That's not good for,
1: well, overall, not for Joe Burrow. In my, yeah, in my metrics I do every week. Uh, where it's season long, and uh, you know we're hitting the midseason point. I mean, it's hurt Joe Burrow because he's been so rough the whole season. But like he's barely cracking; he's finally got out of like the bottom quadrant mm-hmm. of quarterbacks. Uh, but uh, you know you can make up for that. But yeah, like I, I look, I agree with you that, that look Joe Burrow. It's for this season, it's one game. But for me he didn't certainly sl- get hurt or anything like that's the Joe Burrow I expect. And so I feel like he's past the injury. Like, and I feel like that that's, yeah. we've like, he's done it enough for me to be like, all right, now it's going. Just like Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts outside of the, the botched tush push last week. He was awesome. And I feel like Jalen hurts is starting to kind of get his feet under him too. So like the quarterbacks who I expect to be great or very good, are starting to do that now, and it's particularly with Hertz and particularly with Burrow
0: yeah well we'll see i, I look uh, the cardinal sin when you're talking about it from a betting perspective is to put weight put too much weight on one game, and I think that in general, I think not only the media but uh, certainly uh, Aunt Mabel and drunk Joe Q public uh, betting on this game is going all they're going to see in their heads is Joe Burrow and what they did against San Francisco last week. Very impressive, but it's the same as when Dallas got their asses kicked by San Francisco, you know, what, a month or so ago. They've been pretty good ever since then. So, uh, you know, which leads us into that game. We'll see. So go, go figure. Larry and I are different sides in the Buffalo Cincinnati game. <laughs> we'll see where we are here in the Cowboys-Eagles game. Uh, again, the Cowboys have pretty, been pretty darn good. I said before the season, I thought the Cowboys were going to be the best team in this division. I think they're going to win the NFC North, I still, I East, excuse me. I still feel that way. Um, They've got to win this game though, in my opinion, to be able to do that later on uh, because they are behind the Eagles right now. They've got to beat the Eagles. They've been fairly successful against them. One game they won last year was with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I get that, but uh, I like the Eagles. I mean, I like the Cowboys. I don't know if they're going to win outright, but I certainly like the Cowboys plus three in this game. I think it's going to be one of the best games of the year.
1: My previous answer just alluded to where I'm heading, and I follow the hot quarterback play. And I, now, granted, Dak Prescott had a great game last week uh, but struggled the week before. But, no, I feel like that the Eagles, uh, I think they're offensively, they're starting to kind of get their footing now. And one, one thing I'm going to look to, uh, Jalen Carter up the middle, pass mm. rush. He is one of the best pass pressure players in the NFL, and he's barely been in the NFL. And so, and and the Cowboys' center, he's been a little leaky. Yeah. So I feel like in some situations you could get heat up the middle on Prescott and force him into some some bad spots. Now I'm like I'm like I just alluded to. I'm riding Joe Burroughs train. I'm riding Jalen Hurts' train. So. Uh, I think there are worse trains you could ride my
0: friend. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I think, I think the world of Jalen hurts. I really do. Um, and I think that he is a top five quarterback in this league. Uh, and I agree with you that he's been playing better. Uh, the, the tush push that was fumbled last week aside, uh, that play really is 95%. You really might as well go for it and you're 20 if it's fourth and one. But I just think, I really think overall, People can call me crazy. They do all the time. I think overall, I think the Cowboys are a better team. And this line is telling us that these two teams are about as even as even can be. Maybe the Eagles are a smidge ahead because home field doesn't mean what it used to mean. It's no longer three points anymore. It's more like one and a half to two. But you're telling me on a neutral field that Philly's only one point better than the Cowboys. So the odds makers think that these two teams are super close. I just think that three points is... Too much to give. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the three, but I hear you. You're taking the Eagles, I guess, minus three. You're taking the Eagles minus three? Yeah. Okay. So we're on different sides. Let's see if we can be on different sides for all three of these marquee matchups. Dolphins and Chiefs on Sunday morning. Here's what I'm thinking. Look, you want to talk about quarterbacks. Everybody loves Tua Tungavaloa. He's plus 330 to win the MVP. You know who's also plus 330? Patrick Mahomes and people are, again, betters, the casual better loves to look at last week, how'd the Chiefs lose to the Broncos? They stink. They don't stink. Patrick Mahomes was sick, and the Chiefs were due for a letdown anyway, uh, going to, I don't care if they play this game in Frankfurt, Germany, and Nova Scotia, or, you know, Gretna, Louisiana. The Chiefs are by far the better team in this in this uh, rivalry here, if you want to call it that, and Andy Reid six and one against the Dolphins, he's not going to lose to Mike McDaniel.
1: I picked the Chiefs, so you're good there. But I do feel of the of these three, this is that's the shakiest pick for me is the the Chiefs for this, just because uh, like I do feel like my, uh, Miami is going to be a little bit better defensively. I mean, they got Jalen Ramsey back; that's a big. Big plus, plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you've got Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know you're already playing pretty well. You, uh, but but the, here's the thing: Miami has not beaten good teams. But yeah. in, any of the good teams they've they lost. Teams. Right, right. So that's something that they've got to have to try to shake. And their run game has kind of fallen off a little bit. Uh, you know, a Shane got hurt. That was a big loss. And
0: Mostert's most them, coming back. So yeah,
1: Mostert, Yeah, Mostert's a little banged up, but you know. It hasn't been as good, so it's been throw, throw, throw. Obviously, it's worked, but still. Uh, but yeah, I am taking Kansas City, and I'll I'll take the minus two. You know, I'll, so I'll, I'll I'll take head straight up, and uh, you know, against the spread, well, I'm taking Kansas City. But I think that's the shakiest of my three picks among these three games.
0: I find it interesting that we're on the same side, but you say that's the shakiest. That's actually my best bet of the week, and I'm talking about <laughs> across the entire NFL. That is my best bet of the week. And for any other reason, I just, I'm taking Andy Reid over Mike McDaniel and the fact that the Dolphins haven't beat anybody worth snot. I mean, I, I think the Dolphins would struggle against the Saints. I mean, I really do. So, I mean, sure, you can beat up on the Broncos and the Jets and whoever else you play that stinks and the Patriots. And they didn't even really beat up on the Patriots per se. Um, I just, I, I need to see them beat a really good team before I believe in the, the Dolphins. And I don't. So.
1: Anyway. No, that's viable. I, I I agree. Like they're they're the hot team. People are talking about them. They're explosive. A lot of highlight reels. Tyreek Hill, all of that. Uh, but yeah, they need to beat a good team for for like, Tyreek for like you and me to get on board. Tyreek
0: against the Chiefs. I'm looking forward to that as well. I'm going to Le- actually uh, wake uh, up to Le- that.
1: Le- 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 Jarius Sneed, man, don't sleep on him. Yeah. If yeah. there's anybody who can keep up with him, Sneed, Oh my gosh, that I I I would love to be his agent this off season. He is. Easily because Rashad, I was gonna put him and Rashawn Gary as like my top two outside of any kind of quarterback, like those two top free agent studs. Sneed's gonna get so much money this
0: offseason. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh that game. I'm you know, the good thing this is a great weekend to get an extra hour of sleep. Because I'm looking forward to that for sure. All right, it is that time of the show where we make our final predictions. Before we pick the Saints game, I'm gonna put you on the spot. LSU Alabama this weekend. LSU is a three-point dog at the moment, I think it'll be three-and-a-half by game time. Um, lots of reasons to like either team. You know, Alabama's got the huge motivation factor that they lost to LSU last year. Besides that, they're trying to get in the SEC championship game. They probably need to, to win this game to get there. Um, what do you got?
1: Similar refrain, I'm going on a quarterback. Who's the better one, Jaden Daniels? So I'm I'm going to go LSU. I will I'll be taking them straight up. So I think that I don't don't care about the motivating factor. So what? I I don't. That doesn't mean anything to me Uh, because I think LSU uh, Daniels has done it before, and this is not going to intimidate him. And so and and look, if you go, actually our uh, our 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 draft guru Dane Brugler has his uh, top fifty latest one that just came out this past week. He's got uh, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas in the top 25 of overall prospects and saying, like, Thomas could even be a better prospect by the end, than Neighbors, just because he's great guy. So, man, good luck trying to stop that. So, I, look, I think it's going to be a shootout just because I don't trust LSU's defense a ton, which, you know, why would you be? I mean, they've, they've been kind of raked over the coals a little bit. But, look, I'm going quarterback play. Daniels has done it already before. He's poised. I'm, I'm taking LSU straight up
0: this Alabama defense is not the same Alabama defense that we are used to seeing. Um, I think I agree with Larry and everything that he just said doesn't happen very often. It's happening right here. And
1: I also agree.
0: I don't even, I'll go further than saying that Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in this game. I think Jaden Daniels and I'm being completely upfront and honest. I think Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in college football. And I think he deserves the Heisman Trophy. If he wins this game, he's going to be the favorite. And I think he has an excellent chance to win it.
1: I think that's fair. Is he the top prospect? No. No. Right. Jaden Daniels, I think he's in the 40s, I will say. I think he's like QB four, I, I, think. Uh, and, I think. But he, actually, our number one quarterback is Drake May. And I, I, I think that's a, there's
0: good reason why. Caleb Williams has slipped off uh, quite a bit, I think. And so we'll see what happens there. I I think someone's going to get a steal with Jaden Daniels when he goes in the NFL. I really do. I think he could be a lot like, and I've said this multiple times, if anyone's listening to the show, I think he could be a lot like Jaden, Jalen Hurts. He needs to build up his strength. He needs to, he can't be this skinny guy going into the NFL and he's already built up some meat on those bones. Uh, I would be willing to bet he's probably 15 pounds heavier than he was when he got to LSU but he's become such a dynamic passer. I think he can pass the ball as well as anyone in college football right now. And the fact that he adds the running element is uh, is is a nice little added twist. I mean, it could be like, I mean, dare I say, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to sound the wrong way to some people, but I think he'd be a little bit like Will Levis.
1: Well, look, Will Levis looked pretty good last night. He sure I, did. Yeah. So I think I don't think you're going to see Tannehill play another down I agree. <laughs> with the Titans. And he's, he's, Prime for free agency, but I, I feel like people might look at Jane Daniels in terms of draft stock, similar to like Hendon Hooker, like second round yeah, yeah. guy. I but man. I think Daniels comes in way more experienced. Way, I, I think Daniels is way a way better prospect than Hendon. And, and
0: knock on wood, without an ACL injury,
1: right? No right. So the quarterbacks, like he's looking at, is it, like Quinn Ewers, like of Texas, yep. JJ McCarthy. Uh, some of those guys are the ones he's. Like he's gonna have to kind of jostle because it's gonna be May and Caleb Williams, but like toward the like if he keeps playing well, like he could I, look, he could be a first round pick uh, if he keeps playing agree. well. And he's like I feel like he's kind of his stock is moving up, and the way he plays, like it, it's similar to kind of what um, in terms of stylistically, like like Hertz, like Hertz was yeah. super prolific. Uh, toward the end of his career, throwing a football and can move. And I think that th- they're very similar in those aspects.
0: If he wins the Heisman Trophy, I do think that he'll, he'll bounce up into the first round. This is going to be a fascinating draft. And I know we often say that, but I think this quarterback draft may be the best that we've seen. I don't want to say ever because there have been some really good quarterback drafts, but it's, it's up there. It's going to be gonna some- have a
1: lot. You're going to have a lot of guys taken, uh, A, because there's such a need. Yeah. You know, teams that even have quarterbacks are like, uh, no, we're, we're moving on. And then you just have uh, people with question marks, aging guys, uh, guys they don't totally trust. You know, it's no – <clears throat> You're not saying untruths. I'll just tell you that. The am <laughs> I think uh,
0: Jane Daniels would look pretty good in black and gold. And the fact that he could sit behind a Derek Carr for a year or two and learn from a Derek Carr – from a 10-year, 11-year veteran, I think would be a fantastic situation for the Saints. I know people are thinking Jake Andrews is going to be a quarterback. I don't, uh, but we'll see. Anyway, I think that, that could possibly happen. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about that later on. we got plenty of time to talk about that many months before the NFL draft. And, hey, the Saints are uh, the, one of the favorites to win the NFC South along with the Falcons. Now plus 110. That has dropped from plus 140 to plus 110 in a week the betters think the Saints are going to win the NFC South. I think the Saints are going to win the NFC South only because I think the other three teams stink. Uh, we'll see how that goes. It's time to predict. Are the Saints going to take that next step? This is a game, Larry, they have to win. If you're going to even talk about being realistic NFC South champion, you got to beat the Bears. They've only won two out of their last 17 games. You have to beat the Bears.
1: I'm taking Saints. I'm taking them... Thirty-one seventeen. So I think this is the light bulbs on. Momentum's going to start. I'm not going to say that they're going to win every game the rest of the year, but they're going to start winning the games that they need to win, and they're going to catch some momentum. So I, I feel like Saints are going to win. Offense going to play well. They're going to take. They're going to do the things that you know the keys to win, like you know against a team like this. I think they're going to check each box. So I think uh, that. Yeah, I just think that they're going to win double digits, couple touchdowns. It might be bigger than what I, I might be giving the bears too much credit offensively. So, but I'll go 31, 17 saints.
0: I'm expecting complete and utter frustration on Sunday. I think the saints find a way to win. How
1: different yeah. are we, man? Jeez.
0: Look, well, I'm predicting them to win, I don't think they're going to lose. Although it wouldn't shock me if they lost. I got to be honest. Um, this team has been riding a roller coaster, and anyone who expects this roller coaster ride to change anytime soon, you're crazy. I mean, it's a, you could call it like riding a Ferris wheel, and right now, you're at the top, so you can't get off. I mean, it's one of those things where you just start going down, and you're like, I don't know if I want to get off this time around, or if I want to go one more time around, you're not sure. I think that's where you are with the Saints team. I think that Derek Carr will have another good game. I think the offense will play well i not sure about this defense, and I know Tyler Badgin is only in his third game. I just I don't trust this defense, and that's I it, it's weird to say, uh, but I don't anyone who anyone who is going to be surprised by a loss hasn't been watching this this team at all. I will say Saints thirty Bears twenty three, which means that the Saints don't cover, and it's going to come down to the end there with the Bears having a chance to tie it, and they don't. That's what I, that's my prediction. The Saints defense will rise up when they absolutely have to at the end. But I think that's what we're coming down to. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're
1: right. And man, uh, I hope you're right. You think Tyler Badgen can orchestrate 23 points in the Superdome?
0: I think the Saints defense can orchestrate allowing him to come up with 23 points. Maybe they'll get a fumble, a pick, not a pick six or a, what are you, a scoop and score. Badgett isn't
1: playing like Schippenberg.
0: Maybe they'll get some Dude, weird touchdown. They're not Who playing knows? Loyola, all right. I get it. I understand. It's the Saints. You're putting way too much stock into the Saints. I'm just saying. I do think they will win, but uh, and then next week we're gonna have to talk about them playing against Josh Dobbs at Minnesota. It'll be Josh Dobbs' first start. He's not playing this week, but uh, that'll be. I will
1: problem. say, I, I get what they did in Minnesota. But, my gosh, Josh Dobbs has fallen off a cliff with Arizona. Like, he was good for a couple of games and at last yeah. three weeks off a cliff.
0: I don't disagree. And you know what? Both the Falcons and Saints who have, are tied for the easiest schedule, maybe in the history of schedules, um, are both catching a break because the Falcons get the Vikings this week and the Saints get them next week. So, I mean, you couldn't be playing the Vikings at a better time of the year than right now. Well, so, I'm
1: getting back on. I, I haven't really left the Falcons, but Taylor Heineke's better than Desmond him Ritter. Him. He's
0: Heineke better than Jake Desmond better. Ritter. They, they don't, they don't have a defense worth of crap. The Falcons have a capable The Falcons gave up four touchdown passes to Will Levis in his first NFL start. You know how many touchdown, uh, four touchdown pass games he had in the SEC?
1: That would probably be probably zero.
0: Zero. <laughs> zero. Zero. But the Falcons let him do it. I don't know. Maybe you're right. You're often right, and I'm often wrong, but that's okay. We'll see. If... <laughs> we'll do it again. You don't have a tennis tournament next week, do you?
1: Oh, no, no tournaments oh, for. No, you're back. Yeah, you'll have me probably, I would assume, the rest of the way.
0: All right. Everybody's excited about it. I know I am. Speaking of getting excited, as soon as I'm done here, I will go add my monologue to this. Hey, we went a little bit longer than I thought, but. I thought we had a lot of great stuff here. A lot of, uh, a lot of good predictions, even though Larry and I are on different sides. of
1: Well, the NFL slate gave us more to talk about because it's been kind of a sleeper the last few weeks. That's this for is, sure. It's given us a lot more to talk about this week.
0: See you next week, my friend.
1: You got it. I
0: always enjoy having Larry on. Um, seriously. You know, we've known each other for a long time. and uh, I don't know how many of you listened to the, the Duncan Holder show back in the day. And I was uh, happy enough to be able to fill in as a host when one of them couldn't, when either Larry or Jeff Duncan couldn't be there. But that was the one of the most underrated, and I'm not saying this; I'm biased, obviously. But that was one of the most underrated local shows around. It was informative without the BS, um, and still had a good time all at the same time. So I, I missed that show. I really miss those guys being around, and even when I wasn't on, I was listening. And so having Larry on today is uh, kind of cool. I think everything he said is, is, is true. You know, I agree with him uh, on almost everything. You know, it's funny. We, we don't always come up to the exact same conclusion, but I agree with his thought process and how he gets there. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. He thinks the Saints win big this week. And I think maybe, maybe I don't just because, like I said, it's not necessarily because I don't think the Saints can I think the Saints can win this game 38 to nothing. Um, in a legit 38 to like the, Not the 34 to nothing like they beat the Patriots. Like a legit 38 to nothing. I just, I guess the reason why I'm skeptical, skeptical, good Lord. Whatever that means. Uh, I guess the reason why I'm skeptical is because I haven't seen them do it in back to back performances. Even the two games they won at the beginning of the season, I don't think they played that well. Though they played well against Carolina, but Tennessee, they kind of got gifted the win in the dome. I mean, think of it—that's the last time the Saints won at home. That's embarrassing. We're in November now, and I—and obviously the Saints have had as opened the season with more, way more road games than home games. But still, you're playing a home game on November the fifth, and you've only won one home game so far, and it was the opener. I mean, you think about all the Saints teams that were really good. Saints didn't lose at home. The fact that they've been better on the road lately is concerning. I'm not just talking about under Dennis Allen either. It was that way, Sean Payton's last year as well. Saints were better on the road. I mean, just think about when the Saints were really good. You could not beat this team in the Dome. And You can go back, pick teams that were really, really good in Saints lore. Even the ones that didn't win a playoff game but that were really good back in the Mora days. Saints were really good at home. You didn't beat them in the dome. Not that way anymore. We'll see what happens. But you know what? This is how I'm going out. I told you yesterday. If you listened to yesterday's podcast, I gave you a sneak preview. Um, I'm not trying to. I'm just telling it the way it is. But sometimes you're probably thinking, don't bring me down, Derry. Don't bring me down. I'm not trying to bring you down. It is what it is. If you take it that way, sorry. Again, I think the Saints can string together solid performances. I just don't know if they will. I don't want to come on this show Monday and give you a pissy Dairy's Dime. I want it to be a happy Dairy's Dime. We don't want it, nobody wants pissy Dairy's Dime. So we'll see. Don't bring me down. We'll try not to. Whatever it is, look. We didn't talk enough about it. LSU-Bama this weekend. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Um, Jaden Daniels has a lot to prove this week. He doesn't really have to prove anything. um, But as far as the Heisman race goes, he can prove that he is the best team, the best player in college football, I think, with a victory over Alabama again. This time in Tuscaloosa. Will he do it? We'll see. Larry and I both think he'll do it. I think uh, the Bayou Betts crew, the consensus is he'll do it. Not everyone thinks he's going to do it. But I think the Tigers are that good, and I think they are going to play very well. Win or lose Saturday in Tuscaloosa. We'll find out. All right, that is going to do it. I am not going to bring you down. By God, don't bring me down. I'm going to leave it at that. Monday, Derry's Dime. Until then, you got LSU Bama. You got Saints Bears. You even got Tulane, East Carolina. If you are so inclined tonight, I will be back at the Z, Joe Zimmerman Stadium. Shaw versus Karen Crow. Watch it, listen to it on Varsity Sports Now. I'll see you Monday. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Peace and love, my (laughs) friends.
1: Before I.